The Loving Liberty Network. This is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. We're so happy to have you join us. I'm your host today, Delaine England. I'm very happy to have a special guest with us, another Liberty Mom. Her name is Joy. She's the mother of four, and she is going to share with us some pretty interesting experiences that she's had with her son's education lately. Joy, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Joy, tell us what happened at your son's school or with your son. Well, a few weeks ago, he was complaining to me about how boring the text they were reading in English class was, and he mentioned it was something written by Karl Marx. And I hadn't been listening too closely until he said that. And I said, wait, what, what class is this for? And he said, it's an English class. My son is in ninth grade. And I said, what does that have to do with English? He said, I don't know, but it's stupid and boring and I hate it. <laughs> and I said, well, is the teacher saying that this is good or bad, what Karl Marx teaches? And my son said, he doesn't say either way. This is just boring. And... So that's kind of what I found out. Um, I went home and kind of the next morning I called the principal. Do you want me to kind of go into that whole? Yeah, tell us okay, what happened. So, exactly. yeah, I, I You're along. Your son's telling us he's telling you that he's studying Karl Marx's works and he's bored by it. Yes, and, and he hates it. <laughs> yeah, and, he hates it. And I was surprised that it was in an English class and that there was no values being discussed about whether this was a good idea or a bad idea, what Marx believes. And that, that concerned me a lot. And so I called the school and I, I spoke with the principal about it. And he said he would speak with the teacher. And he said he did not know the teacher was having them read that. And so a, few, a little while later, I got a phone call from the teacher himself and we had a conversation that kind of went in circles and um, it, it was a very frustrating conversation. So um, anyway, it kind of led to what's happened over the last couple of weeks of me trying to solve this situation in a way that I feel was right for the children in Utah and for my son. So. Excellent. Okay. So you, there's this issue you have. And so you call the principal Mm-hmm. And you felt like you were just going in circles, like you felt like you weren't getting anywhere with the principal. Well, it was more like the principal had the teacher call me. And when the teacher called me, we had a long conversation where I asked him a lot of questions. And it was very concerning to me the way he uh, answered the questions. So, uh, like I asked him, first of all, I said, why are you having the children learn this in an English class? And he explained that the district, because of COVID and people missing school a lot for quarantine and everything, had instructed them to pick a complicated text for the students to learn for the the whole unit. And um, 
And I said, well, why did you pick this text? And he, he said, because I'm familiar with it. And I said, well, why did you not pick the Declaration of Independence or the preamble to the Constitution or the Gettysburg Address? And he said, I'm not familiar with those texts. This is what I'm familiar with, which was very surprising to me because he's teaching English in ninth grade in America. It's, so, yeah, he's teaching, this is an American teaching English yes. in America yes. in an American school mm-hmm. in Utah. And he's not familiar with the Declaration of Independence the Constitution or the Gettysburg Address, which that should be pretty alarming to, I think, every single person. Yeah, and then I I said to him, well, this is not literature. And he argued with me. He said, says who? Who decides what's literature? I said, I don't know, the people who teach English, I guess. And he said, this is what I studied. He said, this is what my professors had me read. I have a master's degree in English. And he asked me, have you ever read Karl Marx? How do you know it's not literature? I said, I don't need to read it. I've read quotes from it. I know enough to know it's not literature. I have a degree in journalism. I'm a writer and editor and English was always my best subject and I never studied anything like that. And so um, I asked him if he was teaching any context historically along with the unit. And he said, no. And I asked him if he was teaching any other political philosophies and he said, no. And so I said, that would be like having the children read Mein Kampf by Hitler without explaining the Holocaust and what That's it led to. That's an analogy. That's a very excellent analogy, Joy. Yeah. And so I said, communism is responsible for the deaths of millions of people. And he disagreed with me. He said, no, Trotsky and Stalin misunderstood and misapplied Marx. He wasn't responsible for those deaths. And when I heard that, I was shocked. And I realized this man is a Marxist. He's defending it. He's saying it was just done wrong. And it was it was very shocking. And he said some people could say Christianity led to deaths because of the Crusades and say that the Bible was used for uh, killing people because of the Crusades. And I said, well, we're not having the children read the Bible in school. And, and it was just it, so he offered to have my son switch to the other English class for that grade or to have him read a different text. But I knew a different text would still leave him involved in classroom discussions. And I, I asked him to send a letter to all the parents and let them know what they were reading. And he said, well, it's freely available on Canvas where parents can see what they're studying. And I, I, I said, well, I have three kids. I don't have time to go to every class that they have and look at everything they're reading. And I don't think the other parents do either. I said, you really need to notify them and ask them if they're okay with it. And he, I said, why don't you switch to a different text? He said, I've been, I prepared this for 30 hours over Christmas break and I'm not gonna switch. And I said, well, I'm sure you've taught this unit before. You could use a different lesson from a previous year with a different text. And he just outright refused. So That's absolutely fascinating. That that just is amazing that that is happening in Utah. I don't know that that is an isolated incident, but it does. It says not only a lot about what's happening in our schools and our junior high schools and maybe some high schools, but also what's happening in our colleges because here is a Obviously, he has a degree. He's mm-hmm. teaching high school in public ed and teaching English. And he, it doesn't, he's not even been exposed to the American literature, American works of, absolutely works of art that are incredible. That is very fascinating. So, um, and he just refused. He's like, we're not changing, of yeah. course. So I sent an email to the teacher after the conversation. Um, I went and looked at Canvas, actually, and I couldn't see 
this text listed as a reading anywhere on Canvas. And neither could a family member who has worked in education and is very familiar with Canvas could not see it anywhere. I was able to see my son's essays, the assignments, and the, the rubric for the assignment where it said, read paragraph one and two of Karl Marx's Estranged Labor, summarize it, and put your thoughts. And so I read my son's essays, and it was absolutely him regurgitating Marxist doctrine. It was about how the factory workers are being taken advantage of by the factory owners and the, the landowners that are rich and, and how they're being used. And it was just pure Marxist doctrine. So that is um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I no, please finish. I do. I do want to make a comment, but I want you to finish. Okay. So I emailed the teacher and I explained, I summarized the conversation to document it. And, and I asked him to show me where on canvas it was visible because I couldn't see it. And then I called the school and asked them to put my son in a different class. And that it's, I, I continued my journey of fighting this battle, but I don't know if we have time to go into that yet at this point. Yeah, we are going to take a break in just a moment. But I just kind of wanted to just mention, because we're talking about Marxism, and I think if you're not living in a cave, you probably know that our young people are very swayed into this Marxist mentality, into socialism and Marxism, at least socialism, if not full-on Marxism. And they're doing it because they believe that the free market and capitalism is the same thing as crony capitalism. And I have to say, we're not doing a very good job as educators, which I am when I teach history, I teach the constitution, and I find I'm constantly embracing, reiterating to our, my students, there is a huge difference between capitalism and crony capitalism. And so what they're using is what he was talking about is not the free market. He is talking about crony capitalism because the free market allows you to exchange value for value. So an employer will go and say, I need this job done, and would you be willing to do it for $20 an hour? And you can decide if you think that that is worth your time or not, which is very different than being manipulated or subjected to labor. So we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back to finish this discussion. and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you want to do what's best for them, to live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for Cats was coming out because I had seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. 
B-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis. A blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms can mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. Order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. Call 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. Welcome back to the Living Mom Show, and we're so happy to have you join us. We're really delighted to have Joy, um, Liberty Mom, with us. It's telling her experience of her son that is in ninth grade has been studying Marxism. With, and the, the thing is, it's not in context. I actually teach, I actually teach about Marxism in my classes, but I, I do it in context with teaching it uh, counter to the Constitution and then ask, you know, which one do you think will produce more liberty? Which one produces more prosperity? But we also have to teach the difference between capitalism and crony capitalism because that does make a real difference. And I, I really see this massive wave of young people that are, are being basically indoctrinated and socially engineered into thinking that if they work for somebody that's rich, that they're being used and abused, when what's really true is in America – you might start working for somebody and work for them and they are making money on you because they're providing a job. They're providing you a chance and a way to better your life and to produce. And then in America, what's so awesome is that all of us have that opportunity to be business owners or to excel or to improve ourselves and to be able to improve our human condition. And that is what's so great where under Marxism, that is not true. People are not allowed. And the idea that everything's fair and shared equally is not real. It's um, everyone is equally poor, except for the people in charge, except for those in. And, you know, the, the, the reality is that just the, the plain truth is it's never been successful for a reason. Because once you violate correct principles, you're not going to have success. 
So, yeah, so this is a really interesting battle. So you've talked to the teacher. He's not going to change. He's not going to, which, which I do understand. He feels like I've spent all this time and I've been getting away with this. And he, he probably told you no one else has complained, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah he did. And, and actually, I forgot to mention on the phone call, he said to me, what do you want me to do? Stand up in front of the class and announce that because of your son, um, because you, because of you, he, he said my son's name and because of so-and-so's mom, we're going to stop reading this and start something new. And I said, are you threatening to single out my son uh, because of this? And he said, well, that's what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to change it just for you. And I, I thought that was very unprofessional. He was very condescending and rude and kept mentioning his master's degree in English and using extremely large words normal people don't use in everyday conversation. And I even said, you know, you don't have to keep using big words here. And he acted like, he's like, well, we're adults. We're having a conversation. Aren't these words you're familiar with? It was just, it was, it came across like you should know these words. These are normal words. So, um, Anyway, I had a family member who overheard part of the conversation who also is an educator, and he agreed with me that the way this was being taught was inappropriate. He agreed with me that the teacher was rude and condescending and that he wasn't professional in the conversation and that it sounded like the teacher was a Marxist. And this person, family member, is themselves a moderate politically, not conservative like me. So for them to to say that was validating to me. So... Um, so when my son got home, he told me the teacher had pulled him aside after the phone call and told him he understood why I was upset and, and really, in my opinion, schmoozed my son. And so what happened was when the school pulled him into the guidance office and said, okay, we're going to change you to a different English class, my son asked them not to do it and to wait until he could talk to me. So when I picked up my son from school, my son was like, mom, I really like him. I don't want to change classes. And I said, well, why not? And he said, he's really smart and he's really nice. And, and I said, well, I understand. I'll think about it. And so, you know, the next day I, I, I messaged a member of the school board who I happen to know per, from a personal connection. And this is my local school board. And I said, do you know that this is happening? Is this something the school board is okay with? And she said, no, we're not. Tell me the name. I'll look into this. And she sent me a screenshot of his Facebook page, the teacher. And I was shocked. He is, he had three likes on his Facebook page. Democratic Socialists of America, Marxist Sociology Section of American Sociological Association, and the History of Socialism. And they're very Marxist-looking graphics, red background, black drawings. Um, one is a diagram of Marx. And she, she said I was not the first person to complain about this teacher, and she was speaking with the supervisor of the school and the superintendent, and that she would be looking into it. Well, I didn't sit and wait. I contacted somebody from the Utah Eagle Forum that I, a friend of a friend knew, and he started connecting me with people like a state school board member who gave me some information and suggestions like contacting the um, state school board, filing a complaint with the audit department. She suggested I go to uh, my local school board meetings and look at... Oh, the school board member in my district had asked me to go contact the school council, like the, there's like a parent kind like of school community council, council, community council. So um, I started doing that. I did everything I could think of. I contacted parents I knew whose kids went to that school. I talked to two. Um, one of them, her son had the same class, but because the teacher was so popular, she didn't want to get involved. And then I, um, 
I contacted, I, I called several people on the community council. I got a hold of the head of the PTSA and she agreed with me. It was very concerning. She said there had been other complaints about this teacher in the past. Other parents had switched schools or switched classes because of this teacher. And she agreed to kind of stand with me and spread the word. So I, I just kind of started networking and I worked with the school. I, I got some feedback from the school board member and I contacted another school board member that the Eagle Forum person knew and that person didn't respond. So it was, it was just a lot of phone tag and messaging, emailing and trying to network basically and mobilize. I figured if I, I spread the word, the more people who knew, the more they might listen. So um, the, the, the principal talked to me on the phone the day I talked to the teacher and he agreed to have the teacher teach something to balance it out, a different text, and to teach the historical context at the end of the unit. Um, and he agreed to let my son switch classes, but to me that wasn't enough because that left the other parents unaware of what was going on. And and nobody was willing. The other students being subjected to this. Right. And I didn't trust this teacher to teach what communism has done when he didn't believe it himself. So I didn't feel like that was an okay solution. So I pushed forward and I just kind of kept in touch with people asking them, hey, what's going on? What's going on? What should I do? And I was given some laws and some information from the state school board member and some information. Um, I was, I basically the state school board member connected me with Utah Parents United and I spoke with somebody from there and she connected me with some Facebook groups of parents who were like-minded. And so the, the the principal told me on the day after I first talked to him that they were going to continue to use the text. And I said, well, are you, where is it notifying parents on Canvas? And he said, I'll have the teacher get back to you. And he never did. No, I never heard back. I never saw any proof that other parents had any clue this was going on. So um, I kind of was still concerned and I wasn't going to let it go. So finally, the school board member through my contact at Utah Eagle Forum said, what is it that you want? And I said, I want all parents sent a letter or the text pulled. That's what I want. Because I feel like the parents had a right to know and teach their kids at home or pull their kids out of the class or choose a different text. So that's kind of where I was at. Well, good work. You did a lot of work. And I can tell this is like a part-time job that you've been it was because it just takes so much time and energy and focus to follow through and to stay with it. And it really is a lot of work, but I really love and appreciate what you've done because it isn't just about your son. No, you can't pull your son out, but it changes society completely mm -hmm. when we start teaching things that are completely contrary to America and to the American constitution, the American way of life. And it's hard to understand how people believe that, that violating our republic and going against our constitution would produce more liberty and more prosperity because we can look at the history of America and it's just been not flawless, absolutely. We have absolutely employed cr crony capitalism here in America. Well, it's time to take a quick break. We're gonna be right back to continue this conversation.
the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original secretaries of defense, the real defenders of the home front. We are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. I am your host today, Delaine England, very delighted to have an amazing Liberty Mom, Joy, join us today. Joy is telling us about just really a horrific account of what has been happening to her ninth grader in being subjected, not just him, but the entire class to Marxism without any context of what it is. So, Joy, you're in the middle, so tell us tell us what happened from there. You've worked very hard. You have followed up. You have called state school board, local school board, principal teacher, family members, friends, and there's still no resolution. So tell us what happens from here. So um, it was the end of January, the last Thursday in January, the principal emailed me back and said they were, that he had spoken with the, super, the assistant superintendent and two school board members. Well, he said he knew I had spoken with two school, school board members, that he had talked to the supervisor over his school and the assistant superintendent, and that they had advised him to continue the text. And so I messaged the school board member I knew, and I said, they're telling me you guys said it was okay. She said, I haven't communicated with you at all. She said, I, I still don't know what's happening. So there was a lot of contradicting stories I was hearing, and it was very confusing. So, to be clear, Joy, you talked to the superintendent. Was that the principal or the superintendent? The principal, the principal says that he talked to two school board members. Well, he... He said, I know you have spoken with, and he named the two school board members. Then he said, I have communicated with the assistant superintendent and the district supervisor over my school, and they have said I can, we will continue with this text. They will and, continue with the text. They will continue so, on. Yes. So that gave me the impression that the school board members were okay with it. So I contacted the school board member I knew personally, and she said, no, I haven't talked to him. I still don't know what they're going to do, but we did talk about it this morning. So I, on Friday, the next day, I called my state senator and the representative over my area. I couldn't get a hold of the representative, so I emailed him. I was able to get a hold of the state senator on the phone, and he was appalled. He asked me to send him all the information, and he said he would talk to a state school board member that he knew about it. He wanted all the information. Um, so Monday of this week, uh, I still didn't know what was going to happen, so I posted in the Facebook groups I'd been connected with, Utahns Against Common Core and some other ones, and I asked them to call the school and make their wishes known about the situation. And so people started calling. That was probably about 8 o'clock in the morning. By 11.30, I had an email from the district supervisor saying that he had spoken with the uh, principal and that they were going to address the teacher to use things that are less political in the future. But that didn't tell me whether this specific text was removed right now. So I didn't drop it. I kept going until I knew they were for sure pulling it, which I finally got the answer from the principal like the next morning. So as soon as they finally said, yes, we have pulled the text. And I contacted my friend whose son was in the class because by then my son was no longer in the class and I couldn't see what was going on. And she said the teacher had announced the Friday before that they were switching texts. But something happened. I think the teacher must have made some comment about so communism being not good because my friend's son said he, he didn't teach us it was good, Mom. He was telling us it wasn't good. And he seemed kind of upset, and she got upset at me. So I think he kind of tried to cover his tracks a little bit. 
and and make it seem that he was approaching it as, uh, you know, this isn't what we should be thinking. So I'm not exactly sure how he announced it to the class, but um, they took their time telling me that it was pulled from the classroom. And once they told me, I let everybody know in the Facebook groups, okay, you don't need to call anymore. But um, I did discover with Utah Parents United, there's a movement to create a literature review committee for each school district. So that includes mostly parents to review all the literature they're going to use in classes to make sure it doesn't violate Utah law and the community ethics. <laughs> so um, I also found out there are some laws on the books in Utah that they're supposed to be teaching the Constitution and the founding documents throughout the curriculum in, in Utah, not just in social studies. Exactly. And so, yeah, and I also found out there's a law that says they're not supposed to be teaching political stuff, except under certain circumstances. Um, I'm not totally sure on the law and what it exactly means, but a lot of people are interpreting it to mean they have to present it in a balanced way. So I have also reported this. With the law. I am familiar yeah. with the law, so I just will insert really here that the, wait, schools are not, public schools, public schools, publicly funded schools are not allowed to use politics in the education. So, of course, they can teach about politics, and they can teach how our system runs. They can teach about our legislative process and about our government, but they're not to use political you know, bias in any topics, in any subjects, which is really hard. And of course, the problem is that who are the, who are the gatekeepers of this? The students. Who's going to know if they do? The only people in there are the students. And if the students don't know, then they don't even know that it's an issue or that it's being brought up. So that is a little bit of a problem. Um, but that is in the law, and it does protect against that very kind of thing. The law protects us. But we don't, if parents don't know that it's happening, we can't even make an issue. And, and the truth is, see, if we don't teach our children that it is their right to be protected from anybody's political bias on either side, then they don't know. And so it, it's it, our, our children do have to be educated and know. Okay, yes. so go ahead. Yeah, so I have reported this to the state. Um, there's like an audit department for the education, state education yeah. board. And right. they did respond saying it was mostly a curriculum issue and I should report it to the professional ethics group for teachers. And they don't seem to be taking it that seriously, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to be meeting, and I'm going to try to attend local school board meetings and state school board meetings and just do a public comment about what happened to make them aware and to suggest that we do a literature review committee um, composed mostly of parents so that we have a clue what's going on in our classroom. But what I learned from this is teach your children that like what you just said, their p personal political views are not supposed to be coming across from their teacher. Teach your kids to tell you what they're studying and go look at what your kids' assignments are. Go look at their Canvas account, look at what they're turning in and what they're writing about because that's the only way I was able to verify it. And all the other parents had no clue. I mean, they had no idea this was being studied. So I learned not to be comfortable and think just because I'm in Utah, they're not going to be teaching communism in the classroom, which is shocking to me because I moved here from another state before the school year started. And I never had to worry about this where I was before. I was in the Bible Belt. So apparently I was comfortable and cushioned there. But um, I learned that it's very important to be aware. And I've, I've learned that there are movements to push critical race theory and and transgenderism onto our children 
throughout the nation in each state it's happening there's a battle my eyes have been opened by joining these facebook groups to what is going on and that we cannot sit by and just expect our children to have a, a bias-free neutral education and not come out socialists and i personally don't want my children brainwashed and luckily i have talked to my children enough about communism and so socialism and why it's not what's good for our country that my son he said mom i didn't believe any of it and i asked him why it's because i had showed he likes these videos on YouTube called Oversimplified. They're history videos that are animated. And he had watched the one about the history of communism in, in uh, Russia and the Cold War. And so he had learned enough that he remembered that and he didn't believe it. So if you want to educate your kids in a free, quick way, that's a good way to do it. But I really advise everybody, educate your kids on why socialism and communism is wrong, what it leads to, how many deaths it's led to. And to get involved with your local school board, your community council, be on the PTSA, you know, get involved, like get on the school board if you can. Like you cannot just sit by and be comfortable anymore. And I had no idea until three weeks ago. Joy, wise words from a Liberty mom. That is exactly right. You cannot be comfortable. If you think that everything is well in your children's school, you don't know what is happening there. I can guarantee you that. Because if you don't know what the 1619 Project is, it has already been in infested into our education system. We're already teaching the 1619 Project, which is nothing more than revisionist history of how to trash America and Americans. And so your kids are being subjected to it. There is the 1776 Project, and that is an excellent project that brings all of these educators, almost every one of them, most of them are um, most of them are black, but there's people of other other races, but they have come together and they have done an amazing job of using original documents. They're not, dare I say, whitewashing. They're not trying to re, you know, they're not whitewashing the our history of America. They're telling what really happened, but they're teaching it in context. So it's excellent. It's very well done. I wanted to let our listeners know there is a federal FERPA law. It's F-E-R-P-A, FERPA. That law protects children and their privacy. And there's a Utah FERPA law, Utah F-E-R-P-A. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to finish up. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010. 
or selectquote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors not available in all states. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to find explosive moves moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick loans, internal data, points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing letter, license in all 50 states, and analysis consumer access.org, number 3030. Welcome back to the Loving Liberty Network. You are listening to the Liberty Mom Show, and we have Liberty Mom extraordinaire Joy with us today. Joy, you have just been amazing. You've done such a great job of standing up, finding out what's going on in your your child's school, and then not just pretending like it's not happening, but standing up, and you had to work so hard. And you have some really great advice for parents, and I, I know I'm a mother of six myself, and kids, you know, as they grow up, they're just so fun and easy when they're young. But as they grow up, and especially as they get into teen, teenagers and teenhood, they have their own minds. They have what they want. They are starting to be very strong-willed in what they want. And I remember you saying your son did not want to be moved out of the class. And, and sometimes that's because their friends are in there. They feel connected. They feel comfortable. And sometimes it's because they've really connected with this teacher. They like him, and this is, as a teacher, I will tell you, it is a huge responsibility and stewardship because you spend a lot of time with your students, and you hope that they like you, and you like them. You just love them, and you want them to be happy, and this is a really big issue and problem with students when they like their teachers, which I think is a great thing for them to like their teachers. So give us the advice that you have as a mother from this situation. I think it's important parents never underestimate the power and influence of a teacher or another adult that your child looks up to. Um, I made that mistake with my oldest son. Uh, He had some teachers that were 
uh, an AP, AP teachers in high school, and it ended up changing his viewpoint completely on certain things that were very important to me. So when my son came home and said, I don't want to change classes because the teacher's nice and, and he's smart, uh, I had to think about how am I going to approach this to get him on board with this situation. So what I did is when I discovered that the teacher had these Facebook likes that were Marxist, I showed my son, I explained to him, I said, look, you can see that he himself is a Marxist. And when my son saw that, he finally understood and he's like, oh, okay. And he stopped arguing with me about it. But then he wanted to do the packets of English class from home instead of switching classes. And I said, well, let's just give this other teacher a try and see how you like it first. Cause I thought he would learn better in person. And luckily, when he came home from the first class with that English teacher, he said he liked it and it was fun and she was a good teacher. So I think it's important as parents to not just do what your kids want, but do what's the best for them, even if they don't always like it. And not be afraid to explain to them on their level why this is important. And the other thing I learned is if you're going to stand up for what's right, don't just do it for your child, but for all children. And don't be afraid to not be popular because this teacher was very popular. He is very popular with a lot of conservative parents. And a lot of them didn't want to make waves. They didn't want to say anything or get involved because they didn't want to cause trouble for the teacher. They wanted to be nice. And they figured that they were interpreting what I was doing as, as hating the teacher and not being nice, which was not it at all. I just wanted to protect my child's mind from indoctrination and and that's and I wanted to protect other children and I wanted other parents to have the right to make a choice of what they wanted their children exposed to. So you have to be not afraid of rocking the boat a little bit. Uh, if good people do nothing, then evil wins. So. So well said. And, you know, Joy, you're very wise, very, very wise Liberty Mom that you've given us some great advice. And you know what? It is scary to be courageous. It is scary to do the right thing. And it is actually, you can be scared and still be courageous at the same time. Mm -hmm. So just because it's scary, because I'm sure you had moments of just really being afraid of what was going to happen. But I, I thought you gave some great advice as to how to handle this with your son too, is to, instead of arguing with him, saying, no, I'm the parent, you're going to do it, is to bring him in and help him see why to give him some evidence and help him so that he gets on board himself. I thought that was some great, great advice. And you have given us much great advice. As parents, we really need to know. We need to be aware. We, we have the absolutely sole responsibility of educating our children. And with that sole responsibility, we can engage the other people to help us. And I always like to call myself a mentor. And that's really what our, our teachers are. And you, we need to be sure that the mentors they're receiving are mentors that are like-minded, that are have the same values. We don't want them going into the public schools and teaching politics, but we want them to teach values and to teach correctness and to be respectful. And and as a as an educator, a mentor, as a teacher, I never want to come between my students and their parents. I think that is a very very good rule of thumb, unless, of course, the parents are, you know, obviously, if they're being totally destructive to the students, but as a general rule. Right. So, and I just wanted to remind everybody, you have, we have a Utah FERPA law, Utah F-E-R-P-A. You can Google that, pull it up on the web, and you can read the law. It is fantastic. I think this is a fabulous activity to spend with your children. Just pull that up and read to them so your children are educated on what their rights are and what can and cannot legally happen in a classroom. So they know they're armed with knowledge. 
that is power. That is true power. So in speaking of um, how to, to be proactive and what to do, I wanted to just spend a moment, we don't have very much time left, but I did want to, to address a lot of states' legislation, legislatures are in session right now. Utah's legislature is only 45 days, and it is, we're almost in the middle of it. We're coming up close to the middle. And I wanted to make people aware of what, to, actually two bills that I think will probably be, um, I know one of them is nationwide. This kind of idea, one way or another, is sweeping the country. In Utah, the bill is HB 92, and we're calling it medical practices. And basically what it is is that a medical professional cannot administer puberty blockers or surgery to help the organs and, and on a minor. So that is a very important bill that I think is essential because I do believe that children should have the absolute right and protection to grow up, and we know that young people are very emotional. They're going through puberty. They're really struggling with trying to figure out who they are. They have a lot of emotions, and as everyone, science has actually even stayed, children's emotions are fluid. How they feel is fluid. And would you ever want to take body parts off or make life-altering decisions on a child based on how a child feels? rather than based on actual science or reality. And we, children are always going through these emotional times. Every child is, and especially a child who is suffering from um, possibly gender dysphoria or suffering from some kind of a trauma that they may have been through in life, and then they might feel out of line with their own body, which is not terribly unusual. 98% of boys who suffer from this, who, who feel out of touch with their body or struggling with really identifying or enjoying their own body, 98% of boys by the time they're an adult will outgrow those feelings. So almost every one of them will come to love and identify and enjoy their body the way it was at birth. 88% um, of girls will if they're just left to their own devices. So that is a very high percentage. And it's really important to allow these young people to, to just grow up and to develop and to experience life and, and, and just allow to do that without having serious medical interventions that they absolutely cannot reverse. They are Many doctors at the U of U are saying that puberty blockers can be reversed, but the science shows that is not true. You don't lose one or two or three years of your development. They've, they've shown that there's cognitive development that does not happen and never regain it. There's also bone development that does not happen and the child never regains it. There's also many health risks as far as heart, stroke risks are greatly increased. And so I would just invite everyone to call your representatives, call every representative, call every senator and say, please, pass this bill, get it out. Please protect our children, our innocent, beautiful, young children. The other bill is HB 169. It's called Disaster Response. And I would also invite every person listening to contact every representative and every senator and ask them to please support this bill because it will give small limitations and clarifications on what our executive branch can do in the event of an emergency. Um, we need to add into the bill that the health department and also the labor department cannot make laws 
because what we had happening in Utah is we had the health department and labor department without any power authority just making laws and mandates that have applied to every person in our state. And that should be left to lawmakers, allow the lawmakers to do their job. That, that power needs to go back to the lawmakers authority and for them to do their job. So we would invite everyone to contact their legislators that way. And we want to remind you, you are the guardian of your liberty. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you so much, Joy, for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me.